It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. We are back with another episode of Bashmania. Bashmania 212 brought to you by our friends at Attack ATAC. Download the Attack app, level up. Video game stats means real life training. It's super cool. You can see where you stack up in mentality, your flexibility, all sorts of cool attributes. So download Attack, Apple App Store, Google Play Store, ATAC Attack. Wyatt Hendrickson. You got to be one of America's favorite wrestlers at this point. You're showing up on every scene, dominant in college. Now on the world level, winning U23 World Gold. You're out there, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, it's definitely a little bit different being where I'm at, keeping up with everything, but just being able to represent USA and obviously the Air Force Academy. I mean, I couldn't be more blessed. Yeah, it's a super cool story because, you know, I was thinking about it, and as I'm putting together questions and trying to pull stuff out that college wrestling fans, especially as we head into this college season, will – really dig into your story is interesting born in kansas two-time state champ normally and i think you were like second or third on the recruitment list from um, the big board and stuff so you were sought after for you was military an option right away or were you just opening recruiting like what was that process like for you so off the get-go i knew that i wanted to use wrestling as sort of a gateway into college and all the other colleges I looked at, they were great. Um, I looked in, you know, OSU, Nebraska, a couple other schools, because I got recruited to Air Force very early on. Yeah. I knew I wanted to make a career out of it as, like, education, not not always wrestling, for example. So I didn't want to make a career out of wrestling, but more I want to have an actual career when I'm done with wrestling. So I really use wrestling as a gateway. And I heard about all the opportunities I have at the military academy, specifically the Air Force Academy. And as soon as I heard that I can get a world-class education, um, you know, wrestle, wrestle with the best in the big 12 and still get a full education. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. All three boxes are <laughs> checked right there. Yeah. So I was really like, there's, I mean, I committed very early cause I'm like, this has everything I want, everything I need. And so the curriculum we go through here, it makes it a little bit more tough, obviously trying to compete in college all the time. But I think my end goal, the air force Academy lined up best with my personal, personal goals. Were you having other schools reach out to you and you're like, sorry, I'm like, once you decide to commit to the military, I got to believe that it makes recruiting for other schools hard where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to the Air Force. <laughs> like, sorry. Did that make it interesting for the recruiting process when other schools start reaching out to you? It really did. I knew I wanted to go to the Air Force, but I mean, just for fun, I probably could have waited a little bit. <laughs> because I knew no matter what other schools I went and visited, I knew I still wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. So it would have been nice to have a little bit more, you know, a little bit of people like, oh, no, we want you. And just, you know, <laughs> feeling, feeling a little good. But because a lot of the time when I got a message, I was like, hey, you guys are awesome. Thank you. But I'm not I'm not interested in going there. I've already made my decision. I was pretty I wasn't there was no uh, blurred lines. I was very clear. I'm like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm. I'm staying committed to this is where I want to go. This is where I want to be. And I was pretty clear about that um, pretty early on when other people reached out. 
Yeah, and we got some some cool fan questions that we'll we'll get to at the end. That all pretty much, yeah, literally, there's five of them. And all five are based around the Air Force. So we'll get to those. I want to ask you. I was super close to my grandfather growing up. He was like my father, and I love that you credit your grandfather as the greatest influence on your athletic career. I'm curious why that is. So both my grandfather and my dad really just because of the values they instilled at me at a young age. This is where it kind of defers from the Air Force. Uh, for example, you know, we like to, you know, work smarter, not harder. That was never an option. We never did that. It was always work hard till it's done. Yeah. Um, you know, there isn't, if there's a shortcut, it doesn't matter. Don't take it. It builds more character doing it the hard way. Um, yeah. A good example I like to still refer to is my, during my high school career, uh, you know, I live out in the country, beautiful. My dad, we love planting a bunch of trees. We have a tractor. We have all the machinery to rip out trees like that. We could just hook, hook, on, hook on a contraption to it, do the holes. My dad's like, you know, no, we're uh, get the shovel. We're doing this all by hand. So at our house, and we planted over 2,000 trees now all by hand just oh because gosh. my dad's like, well, we don't need the tractor. Like we can, we have shovels. He's like, if, he's like, it builds character. Because whenever come, people come over, it's like, oh, yeah, these are all this whole place is done by hand. So just that kind of speaks to how I kind of grew up, the way things went. Um, it just kind of instilled a grit in me that I translated directly to wrestling. Um, you know, because pretty much when you're training for wrestling, a lot of people look for secrets. How can I make this easier? How can I get good fast? There is there is no secret. People say all the time, you don't understand it, but it's really just hard work. That's what it takes. You have to be able to, willing to go into the wrestling room break yourself every day and keep going every single day you go to practice. And that's hard to do, but kind of doing that from a young age and continually doing that, that's kind of where I started to see my wrestling elevators. Not because I was technical, not because I was really a good wrestler. I just refused to quit. I'd be down in the third period. I was like, well, I'm not going to stop trying. And I just wore the other guy out and eventually get more points than him. And then, you know, obviously I had to learn some technique that can only get you so far, especially yeah. on the collegiate stage, but really just, you know, my grandfather stole that in my dad. My dad stole that into me, especially when I went to grandpa's house. And so having that as the foundation, I think that's the hardest part of wrestling to kind of master, just the hard work portion. Because I was always willing to go in there and, you know, work my butt off. And so having that as a foundation, just kind of everything else came a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, I want to say you're crazy because I've got an 11-acre property and I know how much easier a tractor, all my implements and everything else make it but you can't really say anything bad because look at the success you're having and what it's done. So it's like, man, there's really no way to argue that. So I like that a lot. 2,000 trees. My gosh. I'm going to have to have you over my house sometime soon. Maybe we'll do an NIL deal or something. <laughs> Get some evergreens planted. Um, so recently. I'm pretty you, good at it. Pretty good. Yeah. At this point, you got to be, right? So recently you won U23 World Gold. Backing up a little bit. It's got to be an interesting decision because I'm curious what your training's like with the Air Force and how much time they give you to do that kind of thing. Also, you know, the timing right before the collegiate season kicks off, you're kind of kicking into high gear where you got to be at a world level right out of the gate where sometimes you see college guys take losses earlier in the season because they're not really in shape yet. Everybody's kind of peaking for March. You can't go to a world championship at any age level and not be 100% ready to go. And I know for some college kids that might mess up their schedule, mess up, you know, kind of their timing. For you, what went into 
wanting to go out for the U23 team? Um, obviously, one of my goals is to represent the United States Air Force Academy, but more than that, I love representing the United States of America. So regardless of what's going on here, I'm always going for opportunities to make a world team and go compete for the United States of America, which is, you know, kind of speaks for itself. I always want to go and wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. But you speak about, uh, you know, getting ready for the season and the season's right on the corner. I think this is the best start we could have because the, what we're doing to prepare for this, I know as far as myself, is we have training camps. And that's those are intense training camps. Mine was six to eight weeks long. Um, and just kind of having that before, I feel like I'm already ahead of the curve because everyone else is, you know, they might have started a little bit later getting their training. I'm ready to go. I've already had international competition. I've been preparing to compete. So really, I mean, even I, regardless of what happened at U23, is always going to take, you know, a week off to recover. And still taking a week off, just relaxing a little bit, I still feel that I'm ahead of, you know, everyone else because I've been training very deliberately for the past six to eight weeks. So I feel more prepared than I would have been if I didn't wrestle the U23 championships. Yeah, I can imagine. And bringing up um, how you're feeling, the knee. Everybody saw that knee and kind of took a took a breath at the end. Like, oh, oh, you you hate to see that as a wrestling fan. How is the knee right now? Everything's still going good with that gearing up for the college season here. Yeah, knee's good. Um, a lot of people were like, "Are oh, you still wrestling at the All Star Classic?" I am still preparing for that. Still getting ready to scrap. So, little hiccups, but I mean, I'm still good to go. I'm ready to compete. Love that. And aside from a close match you had in the semis, which you won 4-2, your other matches were very reflective of what the average college wrestling fan and even senior-level wrestling fan, like myself, the more, you know, living in New York, I follow, it seems like Big Ten closely. And it, it's not until somebody of your caliper really starts making waves that the average wrestling fan finds out about that person. Big 10 has such a spotlight. And so it takes a while of dominance that you're now committing and doing, not just in college, but at the world championships. I mean, you won 17-9, 14-1, and then in the finals, 13-3. That level of just domination is wild. And as Shane Sparks likes to say, today's heavyweights aren't your grandfather's heavyweights, which I agree with. What led to this just dominant style of wrestling where I can't remember which match at U23s it was, but you basically blast doubled the guy off the whistle. And I'm like, he wrestles like a 65 pounder, not a heavyweight. Like what went into developing that type of style? Yeah. So I guess we can knock out two things here. First, obviously that style, like I mentioned, uh, you know, working hard. I know in a match, if I'm working, if I'm working harder than him, like I'm obviously working harder than him. Therefore, I'm on more offense. He's defensive. So I don't give him a chance for offense. So kind of growing my wrestling, my the style is just attack, attack, attack. Obviously, there's sometimes you need to be strategic, sit back. I've learned that a couple times. But most majority of the time, I mean, if I'm winning by two points, if I'm winning by five, ten points, I'm still gonna be attacking you. Because then you have to react to me. I'm not reacting to you. I'm on the offense. So that doesn't give you an opportunity to score. And we see that a lot, which is kind of, you know, why that dominant wrestling is I don't give up in positions. I pin a lot of people in positions they're not used to being pinned in because I just don't stop wrestling where other people would. A lot of heavyweights, as soon as they get a takedown or something, you know, they're taking the easy two, getting on top. I'm immediately trying to turn you. And people aren't ready for that. 
And I know a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, you know, you're the most dominant, but you're not the best. And I'm like, well, I'm not the best, but I am the most dominant. Like, that's why it's two different things. Um, and, you know, obviously the criteria for that is just how many points you score, you know, as if it were a duel. Um, you know, a lot of close matches in college are, you know, two to three, you know, I mean, it's close matches, but I get, I get so many points because I love pinning people so much. I wear them out to where I just want to make them roll over and pin them, which is awesome. And I do that a lot. Um, you know, that just makes me a more dominant. I don't, I mean, I didn't even know that was a stat until, <laughs> you know, the very end of my sophomore year. Like, dude, you're the most dominant. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I mean, it's, I think it's a super cool accomplishment. But just like other people think, I mean, my goal is to be a national champion. I want to be the best. I'm not trying to be the best, the most dominant. But being the most dominant does help. Because, I mean, when I go out there, people know it's going to be a dog, like seven minutes of dog fight. Like, I'm not going to give them an inch. And so, I mean, I'm just, I have an attack wrestling style, and I love it. Yeah, leans right into my next question, which was, you know, you're back-to-back the most dominant wrestler in NCAA, which is awesome. I, you know, I think there is a lot of merit behind that accolade, like you said. Yes, the NCAA champion is is one title, but being the most dominant wrestler, you can win 28 matches dominantly, lose a close one, and lose your 29th. Some of these NCAA champs, you know, not to take it away, but they just have a great weekend. It doesn't mean they're the most dominant. It means they had a great weekend. So I think there's a lot of merit to being the most dominant wrestler, especially back-to-back. That's an incredible accomplishment. For you, you know, now you're like, okay, great. I not only accomplished that i did it twice now i want to be ncaa champion what do you think you have to do to make that next jump now to become ncaa champ this year yeah so i think obviously i came close last year um there's i think i advanced in a lot of places but there's still a few areas uh, and a few different fields i hadn't felt before that i wasn't used to because everyone has an achilles heel and whenever you're wrestling someone and they find it in the match and i'm not how to you know prepare for it yet that's tough greg kirklevay that guy on top is a, is a monster. Um, I think it's no secret this year that I'm obviously, because of what happened last year, I'm making it so no matter who I wrestle, I'm getting out on bottom every single time, no matter who it is. Um, and because, I mean, every time you train, it's like, well, there's different moves for different different things. Like, well, what are you training for? Are you training to, you know, be a starter? Are you trying to be a top 25? Are you trying to, you know, are you trying to beat the top eight? Well, now I'm trying to beat, you know, the top, the top, look, the top guy. You know, and last year I was trying to make, beat the top eight. I was going to be a national champion, but, you know, All-American was big for me. But now it's, you know, it's inches and ounces. It's the smallest little things. And if off the whistle, I don't, you know, I'm a half second late, that might cost me another 45 seconds of getting ridden out because, you know, it's it's inches and ounces at this point. So kind of really narrowing it down to what I've already built as my foundation and get a little bit better at that, that's really what um that's really what I'm going to start training for this year, get better at. Yeah, and, and – I- Kirk is a great, great kid, and he wrestles so uniquely because he looks like a middleweight that you just kind of expanded a bit and is now a heavyweight, kind of like a cartoon character or something. So I, I'm super excited to see that, and we're not going to wait long. Like you said, All-Star Classic, I think it's three weeks from this past Tuesday, so we're under three weeks away from it. you got to rematch with Kirk. How did that match come about? I know some guys, you know, similarly with, with the World Championship stuff, it's like, well, I'll see him later in the season. Seems like neither of you two decided to take that route. You said, let's let it fly. How quick was that of a match for you to, to take on? So I remember this exact point where I was. I was in the gym getting to work on it with the boys, and I was getting a call from Coach Barber. And usually when I'm getting a call from Coach Barber in the middle of the day, 
I'm like, ah, like something's wrong, something's <laughs> going on. I pick it up, and he's like, Wyatt, two days before Thanksgiving, all-star classic, Greg Kirkland. Sign me up. That's all it took. I was like, yeah, I'm in. Because really, we were already trying to find uh, – I mean, I love getting the best competition I can during the season. So we're looking at our schedule, trying to find a time when I could probably, you know, go against those top guys, including Greg. And it was, I mean, coach knew, he already knew my answer before. He's like, yeah. that's what I figured. Just had to get your verbal confirmation. Like he already knew I wanted to do it. And so, I mean, it wasn't really even a thought. I was like, absolutely. Like, this is awesome. But yeah, they gave us a call. And they're like, Greg Kirkland, I'm in. Let's do it. I love that. That's awesome. It, it does speak to a lot of the guys right now that want to put it on the line, not just, you know, at the end of the year in March, but put it on the line multiple times. I think the fans win every single time when we get to see a number one versus a number two. Speaking of a number one, Gable Stevenson, he's really separated himself from the pack, it seems, these last couple of years. And whether or not he's at the Olympic trials, it's sort of a nice measuring stick, I imagine, because whether it's Gable or anybody else, I mean, Gable won the Olympics with seconds to go. So you know where you have to be at that Gable level where, okay, you've wrestled him before. That's what it takes to be a world Olympic champ. How has that previous experience, you think, helped prepare you for knowing exactly where you need to be to win Olympic gold next year? I know we still have a college season ahead, but I'm definitely excited for the Olympics and the Olympic trials in, in the spring. I think it's a great reality check, to be honest with you, because like you said, Gables, I think slowly but surely, us top guys, you know, Paris, uh, you know, all the all the good, all the top wrestlers, we're kind of, this being Gable, this being the rest of us, like we're all still moving up, but we're kind of closing that gap. And sometimes you're just competing against, you know, Gable's just a whole different animal. And so yeah. going against him is so nice because, you're like, okay, like, yes, I have this much to beat these guys, but then I, I, I might have an extra jump to go start, you know, looking at beating Gable Stevenson. Yeah. And so uh, I just say it's a good reality check, but obviously wrestling him is – I love it. I wrestled him, I believe, twice now. Um, and, you know, the second time, it's just it, – he, the way he wrestles is just very different. I do think we're making strides at this point finally kind of finally wrestling him but i mean he's a great dude i hope he comes back to wrestle um you know obviously my goals are they're the same no matter what no matter who i'm going up against no matter who i'm wrestling but uh yeah so i i love that you know you're competing in the international season or international scene excuse me already wrestling u23s you've wrestled before at the world level What's the plans for, you know, this is your, your last year in the Air Force Academy. What's your plans after graduating? You know, I know when Jenna Burkett was on here, she wrestles for the Army WCAP, and, and she said how awesome it is where you have that balance. That they, they really let you do your thing, which is cool. Most people think military, and it's, you know, see you in five years. This is very different than that, especially with, you know, academics and, and sports. What's the plans for post-academy graduation for you? Yes. So a lot of people, obviously Army, uh, Army WCAP is the most popular, but WCAP is for all service academies, enlisted and officers. And so Air Force does has, has a WCAP as well. So when I'm, I, I will be going WCAP. I'll have about, I'll graduate, have 60 days leave, come back in August, have about a six, five to six month buffer because I'm going to go into my job first, 
get a little foundation built, and then come January, February, March, I'll be granted WCAP for about three and a half years. That's the max I can do it. I can take that whole time if I'd like. So obviously around that time is going to be because uh, this is looking after the Olympics, obviously, because this doesn't matter. I'm still being I'm going to be able to go to 2024 Olympic trials. Doesn't count as WCAP. I'm still technically here at the academy. Yeah. So uh, I'll be able to start training for Worlds and so on every single year until 2028 Olympics. But um, yeah, I am going WCAP. I did get acquisitions for my job, and so I'll be able to do that job and then take a break pretty much for three years and be able to wrestle and make a world team. That's awesome. Do you know what job you're doing specifically already? Yes, I'll be I'll be in acquisitions, which is if you know it, you know it. If not, it's pretty much just a, a money. I get to work with some money and buy different stuff, super cool stuff, maybe planes. I'll probably start off on couches, fridge, snack bars, but then eventually, <laughs> you know, hey, we need a new F-22. We need a new F-35. And I'm like, well, I'm your guy. Come to me. I'll give you the money. And we'll buy it. So, Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you – so I know you've, you know, flown in planes and stuff. What What's the, what's the attachment and the angle with the planes there? Is that just something you do during the academy? So about 50%, this is, this is a good good time to just explain about the academy. About 50% of the academy becomes a pilot, but the other half, you know, they do other jobs. You know, we have Intel, acquisitions, contracting, you know, like Crows, those. We have a lot, like around 40 different career fields, I believe, about 38, and including the Space Force. So only about 50% of us go pilots. There might still be an option down the road. Obviously, you can... I can cross over and do different different things. I can't do that being a trying to go WCAT off the bat. But uh, yeah, so here at the academy, we have we don't fly any of the fun stuff. You know, no no super fighter jets. We got you know, we got we have gliders and uh, pretty much just planes where you're learning how to fly stuff like that. I have done gliders and stuff like that before, but um, yeah, we don't fly any of the. You get incentive rides every once in a while. But we don't fly the fast up here at the academy. Really, here's just training us to be a leader of character, kind of get our college education, and then you go in and do your Air Force job, go be a pilot or whatever you get picked up. I love it. And both of those tie into the first two fan questions, so we'll get into those. The first fan question you kind of half answered. One is your favorite jet to fly, which it sounds like you can't really fly too many jets. Um, but if you could fly any of the military jets, what would you choose? Oh, so that is that is a great question and is a hard question because there are so many just absolutely ridiculous planes. You know, we have the B-2. We have the, that's probably the coolest to fly because, I mean, it's your stealth. You, you're in and out and no one even knows you're there. But, you know, all you're doing is going up high, dropping. I mean, you're dropping the most lethal things we got. But, but then our, our symbolic plane that we represent as the wrestling team is the a10 the warthog that's down on the ground you know coming down that that's what people are afraid of if you see an a10 you're like well there's no me there's no need to run or even fight like i'm dead through the <laughs> and you're the closest to the battlefield i definitely think an a10 would be the most insane plane to fly. i've had my the person in charge of me my aoc air, air officer commanding um that's what that means Pretty much who's in charge of me at the academy while i'm here for a couple of years he was an A-10 pilot. The stories he has are just insane. So because of that, I would definitely choose the A-10 Warhawk. That's crazy. And you mentioned leadership, and this was a great question as soon as I saw it pop up. What has the Air Force Academy taught you about leadership, and how has that translated to your endeavors in the sport of wrestling? Yeah, so the biggest thing is uh, 
just persevering when things are tough. And likewise, I think having to kind of flip that, being a wrestler has helped me be a better leader because going through those hardships, because the most adversity we've, most of the wrestlers here, there's a lot of tough people here, but the wrestlers have probably gone through the, some of the most adversity physically and you know mentally being a wrestler. So really, I think being a wrestler coming in the academy gives me an advantage of being a leader just because of, like I just said, the adversity we overcome. I didn't cut weight a whole lot, but the stuff <laughs> we think a lot of the other wrestlers and still are going through right now, like we, a lot of people just might not go through that until they get to the academy. So a lot of our wrestlers, I mean, we're leaders among, I'm, I am a team captain, but I'm just a leader amongst leaders. All those guys are, you know, tough as nails and some of the best I want along my side on the battlefield any day of the week. So I definitely think being a wrestler has helped me become a better leader. That's awesome. This is a, this next question is a, a great question. It always kind of hurts. I, I'm a big college football guy. I, there's nothing I love doing more on Saturdays in the afternoon than just putting on a great college football game. But the one spot it stings is you see all these schools, all these big D1 programs, massive football stadiums filled to the brim with fans, and then you remember that they don't have a wrestling program. Being from Kansas, a couple big schools in Kansas, Kansas, Kansas State, no wrestling programs. Somebody asked if, and next time I'll add the names. I forgot to write the names on the ask the questions. My apologies there. Um, if you could add just one D1 program to your home state of Kansas, what school are you picking? So I wasn't always super involved in watching football. Um, I know WSU is right down the road from about 20 minutes. So that is obviously, it is close. But I think we all know is I love my country. I love America. And the one school in Kansas that is red, white, and blue is KU. So I definitely probably, I'd like it if KU had a wrestling. I could still rep red, white, and blue on my sandwich. I love that. Uh, somebody asked, why is Air Force the best? And will you actively serve after winning the Olympics? That was the exact question. So I'm actually, I am currently active duty already. I took the oath back in 2019 when I decided to join the Air Force. So at the Academy, our active duty, the one difference is that we're not operational. Obviously, we're going to college. We're not doing any of the cool stuff yet. But I am active duty. Uh, the, we're not serving our commitment time here, but we are serving while we're here at the Air Force Academy. Um, I, so the program, like I said, WCAP, it's so special because that will be my service. And that's why, why, why it is very hard to get selected for. For example, wrestling, we have one enlisted wrestler right now, and that's it. We have no one else. And the qualifications to qualify for WCAP are pretty extensive. So I did qualify for it, and that will be me serving in a different manner, obviously. Um, with that, I have a few side duties, but obviously I'm planning to go to the Olympics. I love being an Olympian, get a gold medal, whether that's 2024 or 2028. But after that, I will go back to my career field, probably do acquisitions for a couple of years, and then eventually become a leader, more leadership job, and you know, try to make a career out of the military. So I am planning on actually doing more military stuff when I am done wrestling. Very cool. Uh, one of the final questions, are Air Force Academy soldiers eligible to participate in and or receive NIL money in deals? But that was a great question. That was a very good question. And we are not allowed to. Man, you said, I, yeah, you're back. You said NIL and they just, they just cut that stream right, right, right away. <laughs> yep. They're already on to me. Well, yeah. NIL, um, 
I don't know where I cut out, but pretty much you said except nil deals. Yeah, it just it was a no or not, not not to have a happy face, but yeah, it makes sense. I could see how the military would not like uh, academy participants receiving nil money, so that makes sense. Last question here. You mentioned, and this was honestly just my question that I thought of after I was watching your press conference after U23 World Gold. You had said that one of the differences between prior trips overseas was coaches helping you with different things, and one of the elements you listed was snacks. So now I'm just extremely curious what those snacks choices were that uh, helped make the difference. Okay, so biggest thing is beef sticks. I always I love getting some meat. A lot of the other when we went over to Russia, they had horse meat, and just it was it was hard to get just a ham sandwich. And so this time I was prepared. Um, pretty much just all my go-to. I got, you know, my fruit snacks. I got, what else do I got? I got my Ritz crackers. I got my beef sticks. Don't care what brand they are. A lot of them are actually homemade. Like I said, we're in Kansas, big hunters. Also, we buy half a cow every single year. Got Smart. a bunch of beef sticks right there. Some beef jerky. Really just, you know, American, American <laughs> some Slim Jims. Not really, but a couple yeah. of those. Just, you know, some of that stuff to just make you feel at home a little bit of comfort because sometimes when you go over there on the shelves before you compete it's not the best stuff which leads me into a small story real quick even though it's the same food it might it might be different the first day right when i went i had their their breakfast it was like eggs some tomatoes some toast i'm like okay this seems pretty average the normal you know we got the stuff in america went ahead and ate it after weigh-ins went and wrestled the russian and before i stepped on the mat i'm like my stomach doesn't feel very good. Like I, I'm, I shouldn't be this nervous. I'm usually pretty prepared for these type of moments. Wrestled the match, beat him. I try to go out to jog and just run outside and just throw my breakfast up. And coach is like, "Yep, good thing you brought your snacks. Like we're gonna, no more, no more of their food. I don't know what it was in their eggs or what what happened. It was just my body knew it was different. It's like this yeah. food was not grown or made in America. I don't want it. And so, <laughs> what a patriot. You know, having those had a couple beef sticks, performed amazing the rest of the day. I love that. Shout out beef sticks. All right, why? Before I let you go, best way for college wrestling fans, they, since they can't engage in NIL deals, what's the best way for fans to support you, support the cause, and, and kind of rally behind you this year? Yeah, so we do have a nonprofit, the AFRTC, Air Force Academy Regional Training Center. Um, they do fund us and a lot of our stuff, and like, like, being able to go to the U23 trials, all that sorts of stuff. Obviously, that's what helps me do what I do today. We got a lot of a uh, lot of help there. So again, shout out to AFRTC. But if you would like to help our program here, obviously become a loser character and still compete at the highest level, um, the AFRTC. You, we are allowed to accept donations through that platform. Sweet, I love it. And go follow him. I'll link up below. He's at Wyatt underscore Hendrickson. On Instagram. Actually, last question. I see Psalm 23.4 in your Instagram bio. Tell me what that means to you. Always love we can talk faith in the podcast. Yeah, so that tattoo is so right here. My first tattoo. I'm almost 17. So the, the verse is, Thou may walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. Um, that's something my mom preached at an early age. Um, I've, you know, a lot of people go through stuff in life. For me, it was uh, some spiritual battles and having my parents there to get me through that. I mean, I'm a very firm believer in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has saved me. He has transformed me. He's the reason I'm 
here and I'm doing so good in wrestling today so I can spread the awesome and beautiful word of Jesus Christ. And, you know, going when I was growing up, had some of those battles and my mom, this was the verse she always prayed over me. And I was just like, I love it. I'd usually look, I'd write stuff on my arm. And at this time I was like, obviously I, this is also, you know, whole <laughs> biblical stuff that we can get into a different time, but I'd always write stuff on my arm and I was like, well, I don't want to show people it. So I decided to get this tattoo on my ribs, but I know it's right here with me. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always referring to it every day. I, still, I look in the mirror. I can see it right there. It's an everyday reminder. So you used to just like write stuff with a marker on your arm? Yeah. Oh, that's right on my cool. phone. And that's actually kind of why I decided to go on the sleeve is so I could be like, oh, that's awesome. What's it mean? You know, well, here you go. You know, spread the yeah. word of Jesus every way I can. I love that. And I got to imagine when you take some of these losses, when you're having a dominant season, I can only imagine the comfort that faith brings you. I've been there where, you know, for me, it's obviously I was never a good wrestler, but in business or whatever, you're on a hot streak. And if you look at even last year, I mean, you took an early loss to Mason and then went on an absolute tear, didn't lose until like the semis of the NCAAs. I got to believe that that faith helps you kind of navigate those highs and lows of something as crazy as a D1 collegiate wrestling season. Yeah, through both wins and losses, but... As we saw, I took a loss to Greg, but obviously I didn't care. I went back and you know, still pinned two very good Big Ten wrestlers. So I know a lot of people talked about I never had tough competition. Like, oh, well, he wrestles all the other D1 colleges and pins them. He doesn't really face the, the better ones. So, I, I think I finally got to prove myself because I finally <laughs> had the opportunity to go wrestle those guys and work up on them a little bit last year. Great wrestlers, but like I said, I'm always looking to pin people in different ways when they're not expecting it, which I think that's what I did. Are you going again straight for the pins this season? Like, is that now kind of your thing where I know there's wrestlers that they go out and they want to get the pin, whether it's for the Hodge race, whether it's for just, you know, okay, I've been most dominant twice. Like, is that just the pattern now? Can we expect more of that this year? I think you will. It's really just kind of the byproduct of, like I said, my wrestling style. I'm not really ever thinking of it, but I'm just like, I, I want to beat the guy and I want to show him like that I, I – I can go out here and I can beat your butt pretty good. And the best way you can do that is by pinning them. That's how you get the most points. Obviously, my top goal is being the national champion. But up there, if I, I believe if I get that pinning award and most dominant, I'll be the first ever to get it three times. Or I think it maybe just for the pins. No one's ever got that three times. So if I get that, then, I mean, that's sweet. It's a nice byproduct. But obviously, the real goal is going out there and getting that national championship. Sweet. I love it, man. I know you guys have a duel tomorrow. Are you competing tomorrow? I'm not competing yet. No, that'll be that's a little warm up duel. We got a double header, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'll be there supporting the team, obviously, but uh, I'm not wrestling yet. Okay, sweet. Not we'll competing see. yet. Not competing yeah. yet. Yeah. Bye. Well, you got the uh, the All Star Classic coming up with Kirk. Some other stuff coming up, so that'll be fun. All right, Wyatt. Thank you for making the time. I know we ran a little late, and uh, I know you were a little late because of the general. So no worries, <laughs> but. We'll do this again soon, man, and, and best of luck this year. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Awesome. See ya. And the beat goes on.